how flat or how built up a painting is, it has to be experienced. You have to be there to get the full 100% value um, or reading of it. Even if painting itself wasn't sort of in the vanguard, that there were things that painting could do still that, could, that still had a value and that needed to be done. Because painting is still the foundation, it's still the foundational uh, medium for our understanding of what constitutes an artwork. And on this edition of Beyond the Lecture, we sit down with artists Kerry James Marshall and Trenton Doyle Hancock for an extended discussion about painting, collage, and comics. We were lucky to have the two artists in the same place at the same time. Hancock, who was the Academy's Visual Arts Fellow in the spring of 2017, grew up in awe of Marshall's large format figurative paintings, of his technical prowess, and of his powerful imagery of African-American life. In many ways, these works helped Hancock figure out what kind of artist he wanted to become. And Kerry James Marshall, the pioneering American artist whose mastery show in the U.S. was still in high gear in late April, was in Berlin as the Academy's inaugural Max Beckman Distinguished Visitor. As both their visits in Berlin came to a close, we managed to arrange a discussion between two artists in Hancock's American Academy studio. We began by asking Trenton Doyle Hancock, in front of Kerry James Marshall, what it was like to finally meet one of his artistic heroes. Well, um, I could leave the room so you can speak. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so you can speak freely. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I'll just reiterate how, some of the stuff we were talking about earlier at, 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 uh, at lunch. Yeah. You've always been a figure that is of importance in <laughs> contemporary art. When I came to understand that, oh, this is going to be my career path. And it seems that as, as a black artist, we, are, we inherit certain uh, symbols. And mm -hmm. it's like, here's a script for you, and here's how you um, talk about your narrative. And then to craft a project, which I saw you doing you know, in your own way that was dealing with this idea of blackness. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that was really, really important for me. But it wasn't just about the influence of being a black contemporary artist. It was also, of course, about craft. I feel like the first time I saw your work in person might have been around 2002 or three mm -hmm. in, in, in a museum somewhere. And that, at that point, I was able to study what I was seeing. Um, and I believe it was a, one of the pieces that had the, you know, the glitter elements on mm -hmm. it and um, to look and see, well, here's how ornament is being dealt with. Here's how the space is kind of giving way to a more classically, you know, there's a, there's a ground plane, there's mm -hmm. figures, there's this sense that things are concrete and, uh, but it's not overly rendered. There were these aspects of process that we're showing through. So that allowed me to study the, the work a bit closer and understand a bit more about where you were coming from. The scale um, really was something that, that, that I was taken with, you mm -hmm. know, and then I, I wanted to make big paintings after that. For those of you familiar with recent art history, you know that figurative painting in the late 1970s was not a common endeavor for young artists. These were the heady days of hyperrealism, conceptualism, action art, land art, and post-minimalism. Aside from painters such as Chuck Close, Alex Katz, and Jack Beale, there were few young painters hopping on board the figurative train, 
but Kerry James Marshall did. If, if you wanted to do that, you were up against the kind of regime uh, that uh, claimed to be uh, you know, at the forefront of what was supposed to be the most advanced kind of work that was being made. And by definition, if that was advanced, then painting somehow was more retrograde. I mean, that just was an assumption that you had. But I understood that if I was going to, that I had to, that I had to find a way to think about what I was doing that, that allowed it to uh, operate uh, with the same kind of intellectual sophistication that people were claiming for things called conceptual art. Because I, I understood even at the time that even, I mean, conceptual art was not all that fresh, really. I mean, in, in historical terms. Yeah. I mean, there were models for that too. Uh, and that you could be careless uh, in making that kind of work as well. That work could be shallow and superficial and not particularly intellectual too. What I acknowledged was that, that even if painting itself wasn't sort of in the vanguard, that there were things that painting could do still that, could, that still had a value and that needed to be done. Because painting is still the foundation, it's still the foundational uh, medium for our understanding of what constitutes an artwork. When I build a picture, you know, I'm building a picture obviously because I want somebody to look at it and I want it to be comprehensible but I'm trying to layer it with enough information uh, and with enough specificity so that in the reading it actually starts to not become smaller but becomes larger. That building and layering is literally how Trenton Doyle Hancock constructs his images. Paper cutouts layered on top of each other, cutout patterns with stickers and painted figures over top of them. For Hancock, these craft-like ingredients have their roots in his childhood. I've always been a collagist, so um, ever since I was a little kid, you know, um, I would put together, you know, s stickers on top of drawings and then cut stuff out and put that on top of something else and then paint into it. So I have record of doing that all the way back to elementary school. On top of that, there's, or underneath that, there's all of these other types of meanings that I'm trying to build. And painting, I mean, and this is in any case, no matter how flat or how built up a painting is, it has to be experienced. You have to be there to get the full 100% value um, or reading of it. I tend to make images that spit in the face of reproduction. <laughs> like, they, like there's nothing, like you're only gonna get about 50% of it. Um, and a hundred, you know, a hundred percent of the time people come up to me after they see a show and they go, I had no idea that all of this was happening in the work. I'm like, and I've learned over some years not to get frustrated with that because mm -hmm. that's just the nature of the beast and I'm going to keep doing that. So I tend to make imagery that works both ways. Both Kerry James Marshall and Trenton Doyle Hancock are enthralled with comics. Comics played a big part in what kinds of artists they would become. Both were also obsessed with superheroes. So we encourage them to simply discuss this shared fascination. Their uninterrupted exchange will take us to the end of the show. We're from two different generations. I don't exactly know how old Trenton is. I, have, I, I never checked your birth date, but <laughs> I think you're at least 10 years younger than I am. Yeah, we got 20. 20? <laughs> <laughs> 
but um, yeah, so I mean, generationally, I mean, we're 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 like any kid in our generation. You know, one of the first one of your first encounters with images and your know, imaginative works is in a comic book. I mean, and 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 by extension from that, cartoons on TV, and of course, superhero characters. Mm -hmm. um, uh, probably the most captivating uh, kind of imagery and reading you're going to have as a child before you become like pre-literate, you know, when you, before you start reading Victor Hugo, you know, you're reading Stan Lee, <laughs> you know, it's that kind of kind of thing. Yeah. And 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 the comics, especially for kids who are interested in in arts, is a kind of gateway. Uh, to understanding how functional and useful uh, the production of, of images can be. And, the, and then you understand something about the impact they might have on other people as well because you have friends who are equally as in, invested mm -hmm. in those characters as you are. And so you know something about the power of images. This yeah. is how you start <laughs> to form your perception of things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and the thing is like that never leaves. That never leaves you. You know, I never really considered making a comic book. Um, and I didn't think about that really until, you know, fairly late, you know, about 1997, 98, was mm. the first time I actually really thought um, I had a good reason to try and make a comic of my own, you know. And, and, and some of it had to do with... with the way I experienced a certain kind of lack of representation in comic book characters when I was growing up. I mean, it was a little bit different 20 years later when mm -hmm. Trenton was coming on, but I was in the generation that saw the Black Panther introduced as a comic book character mm -hmm. in Fantastic Four in the year that it happened. <laughs> you know, that's when I was looking at comic books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, and I, I knew from that moment, so before, before that character arrived on the scene, you never considered the absence. But the moment that character appeared, it highlighted the fact that there had never been one before then. That was a revelation. But then, I, of course, when I first saw Trenton's work, <laughs> the mm -hmm. comic uh, images were an integral part of what I understood him to be about and to mm -hmm. be doing. And so uh, I was immediately sort of attracted to <laughs> <laughs> what he was doing. And, and at first, through, those, through some of those uh, comic images you were doing. Mm. Yeah, I remember. I think I gave you a comic. Uh, you I still have it. I have it. Yeah. <laughs> I still have it. And that and that and that book is a compendium. It's uh, like a little, little encyclopedia yeah. of um, of characters. And but it's I, almost a character sketches. Yeah. 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 And that um, <laughs> that wasn't my entry point into comics, but it was. I say in middle school, Marvel started putting out the. Um, Marvel Universe encyclopedia mm -hmm. of all the characters, and mm -hmm. I was more fascinated with that somehow mm -hmm. than the the stories. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I actually never really cared much for the stories. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And 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 when you read back, you read them now, you understand exactly why you were uh -huh. not so much interested in the stories. Yeah. Some part mm -hmm. of it was the absurdity that some oh, it's like grown grown men usually just men that are doing this and this is a thing you can do with your life uh, that was so um, sort of exciting and liberating uh -huh. for a kid who right. was like well 
I don't know what I'm gonna really do with this. Um, it's so abstract, this idea of being an artist, and right. but all of a sudden I had this goal, you know, <laughs> and to, to get these comics and, and read about these characters um, who were had strength beyond, you know, human strength, superhuman right. strength, supernatural strength. Yeah, and one of the other things that I, I, I think I, I understood really early was the way language sort of helped frame mm. the, the, uh, the, the sense of wonder that's created by these characters. And so if you just take the title uh -huh. of the, all of the comic books and the way that it's like the adjective that precedes the name, <laughs> the amazing Spider-Man, the uncanny X-Men, the Fantastic Four, the Incredible Hulk, the Invincible Iron Man. Yeah. I mean, this is how the magic happens. You've been listening to a Beyond the Lecture Series interview with artists Kerry James Marshall and Trenton Doyle Hancock. You can hear more of the Beyond the Lecture Series on SoundCloud and learn more about the American Academy in Berlin at AmericanAcademy.de. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Vimeo. Beyond the Lecture is a production of the American Academy in Berlin with sound editor William Glucroft. I'm your host, R.J. McGill. Thanks for listening. <laughs>